welcome to this extra episode of Life is for the Living. I'm your host, Rebecca Richman. And on this very special episode, we have a very special guest. Please welcome Marco Berlo, who is the producer of Life is for the Living and my colleague, and most importantly, my friend. Marco, how are you? I'm excited. I'm glad that I got top billing for this uh, for this special edition of the podcast. Yeah. Well, maybe not top billing, but you know, well, second you know, fiddle's I, not so I bad. I always get top billing. What are that's, you that's about? true. That's true. So... Unlike me, you have never met any of our guests, and I mm. like I grew up with them, and you have is an entirely new world for you. Never heard of them. So, what were some of the things that struck you with this season? So, I think the big thing was just the variety of the stories that they had. Like, even though they were all you know from the same general area, they all kind of had the same, I guess, religious kind of through line. You know, they're all Quakers essentially. They all had very different outlooks on life and, you know, just their experiences from their childhood are, are different from, you know, the advice that they would give. Some are some were a little bit more introspective than others. And to be honest, I was actually kind of surprised at how open they were in general, uh, just because you think of people in this kind of age group being very closed off and very not in tune with their emotions. And they all had like really strong answers to all of these fairly tough questions that you asked them. So I, you know, I think the big, probably the biggest thing is just the, you know, the sheer openness that they had, which is not something I would expect from folks of these age. So, yeah, I, I, also was surprised. I mean, I wasn't as surprised because obviously I've talked with my dad a lot and he is very open with his struggles and, and what happened with him in his childhood. I think there's only one story that he like only told me this year about his parents. And it was about his, his, I guess he was about four and his, his parents, his parents had a fight. And his father threatened to leave and his mother picked up a knife and threatened to kill him if he did. What? Um, yeah. So that was um, not something he, he talked about a lot, but clearly affected him quite a bit. But yeah, I've, 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 that the entire group, I think, is very open. I don't think you become a Quaker without having a certain amount of introspection. That's interesting. It's a, it is a very introspective group of people. Yeah, well, I guess that makes sense because, like, you know, for me, I had no concept of what Quakerism was, right? I was raised Catholic. I I kind of know the Christian faith and all the rituals that come with that. And to and I remember when you first told me about it, it was just a complete mind-blowing thing. I'm like, so you're saying that there is no structure whatsoever. It's just basically people speaking on uh, what they feel on the inside. So that makes a lot more sense now when you put it in that context that Quakers, I guess, by, by nature, or just what draws them to the, to the faith, I guess, is that ability to be introspective because that is like the core of the core kind of belief of Quakerism is that it's, it's what, what you said, like the light of God is inside of you and that you have to express it yeah. in some way, shape or form. Yeah, there's a lot of because we don't have anything like um, 
creeds or anything like that. It's just these those four uh, four testimonies: equality, simplicity, truth, and peace. Um, peace. Yes, <laughs> you're remembering better I than always, I. Yeah, I always forget the fourth one. So like, <laughs> yeah. So you have to like. It's really a religion that focuses on thinking about things and, you know, like if I do this action, is it, you know, fulfilling these testimonies, but you can interpret that in different ways and people have to wrestle with their conscious. Quakers do have something called um, clearness committees. So if you are struggling with a particular question, you can, you know, select Quakers whose opinions you respect and have a have a meeting basically and hash it out. Um, they'll listen to you. They'll make suggestions. They'll ask you questions, and they'll hopefully allow you to get clearance or uh, see the thing more clearly. But it is Quakerism really does emphasize instead of following rules, um, following that that inner light. Um, and and some people, you know, as we discovered. They see they interpret that very differently. Um, there are Quakers who fought in the Revolutionary War. There are Quakers who fought in the Civil War, and there are Quakers who refused to do either. Right, right. Because of what they felt was the the light of God was telling them to do. Yeah, I feel like in a way that <laughs> Quakers would make really good therapists. Well, we've interviewed one therapist. <laughs> when we had one, we had one. Like Al, Al is a is a former therapist. Uh, but I, what I want, I want to change topics a little bit, if I can. And I wanted to ask you: Was there any particular story or anecdote that resonated with you uh, from one of our guests, or maybe there was like a a common through line that you didn't expect from our guests. Trying to think of the stories. I mean, there were, you know, Tim's story about his, his first marriage was, Duh. was heartbreaking. Yeah. Crushing. That, was, that was hard to listen to. That was just brutal. I, I don't know. For me, they both, there was sort of the, particularly in childhood, there's this extreme of two people with like really happy childhoods and, three people with pretty awful childhoods. Yeah. And the thing that really stood out to me was how different those groups of people, just their approach to life. Like Vicky uh, and Marsha were like having a hard time coming up with what made them sad. Whereas, you know, Tim, Dave and Al were just like, all the things. Made them <laughs> Here, sad. let me tell you, <laughs> let me unload yeah. all this baggage on you. Yeah. So, it, I mean, well, you know, they had they had they had had that trauma, and it definitely made yeah. them, you know, they felt a lot of sadness regarding that. I think one of the stories that kind of shocked me was Vicky's hitchhiking story. Yeah, where she's, you know, like like that's the thing that fathers like are scared of because that's like their worst nightmare. Yeah, like something happening to their daughter, like in the middle of like the night on a lonely highway with strangers in a car. Like it's just, yeah. it's just a, a a B horror movie coming to life kind of thing. But it does also sort of explain, like, because um, Vicky and Tim's daughter Jenny like hitchhiked across Europe, so you can definitely sort of see that they there's the through line there of just like let's go out and see the world. Yeah, and one of the one of the um, one of the things that I don't think I made into the podcast, but Vicky was saying like 
One of the things she regretted was not taking the Trans-Siberian Railway across Russia. <laughs> and I was okay. like, oh, <laughs> wasn't expecting that answer. What about you? Did you connect with any of the stories? Out of all the guests, the person that I kind of gravitated to the most was uh, Tim. There was a lot of stuff in there that he talked about regarding like looking after uh, his girl, I guess his daughter, his only daughter, I'm, I'm assuming. Technically stepdaughter, but yeah. step. Okay, yeah, his stepdaughter. Um, and there was a lot of stuff that he mentioned that kind of rings home for me as, as, the, as the dad of two girls as well. When he mentioned walking logs with his girl and like his, his, his daughter riding motorcycles and, and stuff like that, he's like, heck yeah, you know, like empowering them to do whatever they want and to, to explore and see the world. And sounds like, you know, she has in her adult life, which is great. Um, that's something that I, I, I think about a lot. Like I was actually just on a trip to Yosemite with the family and, um, my youngest who is kind of like the adventurous person, she was walking logs and I was holding her hand and the entire time I was thinking of Tim's story. So that kind of like always, sits with me and, 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 and it makes me happy when I think about it because I'm like, I think I'm doing the right thing. And Tim is just telling me, yeah, you're doing the right. You're doing okay. Yeah. I, I love that bit when he was, that was one of my favorite bits when he was talking about just holding her hand and telling her to, you know, go get that motorcycle. But it, it seemed like a really great philosophy to have as for parenting. That, you know, actually leads me to my next question, which was, was there any kind of main philosophical takeaways that you got from all of your conversations? I think perhaps the, the main philosophical topic or the main philosophical thing that I, I took away from it is really came out in the name of the podcast. Life is for the living. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can't live your life in fear. You can't live your life worrying about death or worrying about what others think of you. You need to embrace it. But also, I think, you know, both Tim and Vicky talked about, you know, the way to get through hard times is to hug people. And that that was also really lovely. That yeah, would have been a, very nice to do all of last year, but we couldn't. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. What about you? So I think for me, the big one is. Um, is what Al said near i can't remember which episode it was but um it was to to use all of your abilities like i guess he for him like he had he had so many different aspects of his life different parts of his career different jobs different titles i guess if you want to call it that and and the one thing that he kind of came back to was being able to use all of his abilities. Um, and for me, that's something that I really, really, really have encapsulated in every, every single aspect of my life right now. Cause it's like, I have all of these skills. I have all these talents and that my purpose in life is to actually take these abilities and use them to help other people. So we're starting to work on our next season. Yes. 
and we're, I'm very excited about it. We've already had a one interview. Yes. But looking back at the last season, what do you, I mean, like it was our first season doing a podcast. Yes. We learned a lot. Yes. What do you think went really well? What do you think we can do better next season? I'm, what I'm happy with is that we got it done. Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got it done. And yeah. the amount of planning and editing that it took to get it done was something that I think both you and I had no concept of how much work it is. And for all of you that want to start a podcast, by all means, go ahead and do it. But just be prepared to put in quite a bit of time uh, to make it sound relatively decent. Um, I think overall we did, from an engineering perspective, I think it sounds pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, we, like you said, we had to make do with uh, with what you had at the time, which was, you know, you using a proper podcasting mic while they were using the microphone on their laptops or computers. And so we picked up a lot of ambient noise around and stuff like that, which was, let's just say, a learning experience for me to try to figure out how to make it sound as clean as possible. Um, I think from that perspective, it, it, it we did really well. Yeah, uh, I think we made a, it sound really professional. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate all the uh, ego-inflating comments that I can get. <laughs> I, would, I always appreciate it. Um, I think, and this is where I'm going to inflate your ego, um, I think your ability to sift through all the audio and find the common kind of storylines, through lines, and everything else like that, um, that that's a monster task. I mean, my job was relatively easy compared to yours. Like you had to sit and you had to listen to all that stuff. And I basically just, uh, you know, stitched it all together. So in that regard, your ability to tell the story is, was phenomenal. Um, I think for this coming season, what we want at least what I'd like to do is a try to make it sound a little bit better as, as always try to sound a little bit more, uh, professional. Um, I, you know, I like, I like the time of our podcast. I like, I like the fact that it's like anywhere between 15 and 20 minutes. I think a lot of our listeners have given us that feedback and I think it's like a nice sweet spot to hit. And I think that we have more interesting stories to tell in the second season. Um, I think we're we're going to be hitting a slightly different group of people, um, and I think their stories are going to be maybe a little bit more relevant to a wider yeah. wider audience. Would that be a yeah. fair assessment? I think that I mean, yeah, like the you know, obviously, I grew up in Quakers. I I I quite like Quakers, but it is a little bit of an obscure interest. And the reason, I mean, basically the reason I chose it is I knew that there was some interesting older people that I could persuade to be on the podcast and would tell interesting stories. Mm-hmm. Not because, I, I mean, I, you know, I think people should know about Quakerism is part of the founding um, religions of the, you know, of the United States. And, it, you know, it's, a, it's an important religion that's had historic impact. But yeah, I'd have some, you know. I can't see it necessarily having the widest approval or widest appeal, 
but yeah, then so the next the next season we're going to be talking about immigrants. Yes. And well, in this this last episode we talked to my dad in the upcoming mm-hmm. episode we're going to be talking to your mom. I hope so. I've been trying to convince her for like the last couple of days that she's been here and I'm like, "Ma, we're doing this." And she's like, "Are you sure? I don't really have that many interesting stories to tell." I'm like, "Don't worry. We'll make it sound good." Yeah. Now I'm I'm also one of our guests. I'm having an interesting email conversation with like just just sort of reassuring them that it's not it's not gotcha journalism that we're doing here. We're right. not we're not gonna throw you hard. I mean they're hard questions. Yes. But you, we do tell them we do tell the guests what they are ahead of time. Right. So and and we always give them veto power if they don't want to answer a question, we're not gonna make them. That's you know, right. They're, they're our guests. We do want to make them feel comfortable. And like they were respected in this space. I yes. Think. Yes. Indeed. So before I let you go, I've got something that I want to share with you. And I also want to share with the audience because um, as, as the producer, I am privy to many, um, many behind the scenes aspects of the podcast that our audience wouldn't otherwise have an opportunity to listen to. So what I decided to do was to create a little something that uh, I think people will enjoy because I know that I enjoyed it um, when it happened. Welcome to the Life is for the Living podcast. Yeah. All right. Welcome to the Life is for the... They met... Oopsie. Al met his wife. He's doing so well before this. Given that these interviews... Page three. I hope you are enjoying this, Marco. All right. I'm only going to do this once, so enjoy it. People be squeaky. One Christmas, Vicky's parents gave her a gift that would probably not go down so well today. Like, you? Trying out new accents, Marco. But now I can't think of another one, so you're going to get one of the old ones. <laughs> Grandpa had this delightful habit of ending a fight by himself. He was told he would make the team... But then would blah 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 blah. Winning by ending a fight by threatening to kill himself and then storming off to the desert. And then my dad would have to go and find him. He then went to blah 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 blah. What is with this sentence? Hi. Can I help you? Was I hiding in a closet when you wanted me to give you treats? You can have an emotional moment with my backpack. Could you go away? Please don't tell me somebody's showering. Understanding... Why do I need to race large, loud cars at night? And the air conditioning just turned on. As long as my neighbors, like, go to sleep, that'd be great. Season. And that's it for this episode of Life is for the Living. In this next episode, 
I asked our guest to tell me a tale. It's it's story time as I asked our guest to tell me a tale of their life, either funny or sad or somewhere in between. And that's it for this episode is la- bah, 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 bah. I'm getting worse. And that's it for this episode of Life of Frizzly. And that's it for this episode of Life of Frizzly. I'm doing great. And that's it for this episode. <laughs> Sorry, Marco. It's very late at night. All right. Once more, and then I get to go to bed. Mm. Is that is it? Hopefully, it didn't suck too bad. Mm-hmm. And that is a fun wrap. All right, Marco, I hope you enjoyed that. I did so much. All right. Don't, don't like try to defend yourself on this one. I need to explain why I'm doing terrible accents so that no one will get accents. offended. <laughs> what? They're wonderful accents. Mm, I think anybody <laughs> from the countries and places that I was imitating would disagree with you. Probably. But uh, <laughs> it's so I, I was listening to a podcast on NPR on how to do podcasts, because, of course, there are podcasts on how to do podcasts. And they suggested reading what you had, reading your script through in at least two silly voices, two voices that are not your normal, normal voice to give you sort of the range and to warm you up. And so, yeah, every, every script I read and silly accents first. And then I, and then I pretend I'm a professional and have a professional voice. Indeed. But, but my favorite part is when you like take a trip through Europe in your <laughs> accents and you start off like in Ireland and then somehow you end up in Russia and then somehow miraculously, you know, do a transatlantic flight and end up in the South somewhere. I just, it, 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 it is, it is a globe trotting journey of accents that is a wonderment to behold. Yeah. I don't really stick to one accent. <laughs> what a wonder. And then there was a California accent too at the very end, the Valley accent, which was, that was new. And I was really happy for that one. So. Oh. I, I mean, are you looking forward to next season? Because I am. I I am totally looking forward. I think we're going to get real a really big range of stories. We've got people, guests lined up from, you know, uh, El Salvador and um, now, now I'm drawing a blank. Uh, so El Salvador, hopefully China, uh, hopefully Cuba and uh, Iraq. Iraq. And Italy for your mom. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna be doing some globe trotting, but not through my accents. The, probably a good thing. I don't know how popular. Well, maybe we'd be more popular as a podcast if, if we did I did more everything in, Italy, in, in an accent that you know traveled all the time. Well, that's thank you for joining us, Marco. Awesome. Well, thanks, Rebecca. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.